Hey, it's Heather, and in this episode of Not Just Heathers, we're joined by Logan Norgal from Geeks Rising. Logan and I have had a connection for a long time now, and I really hope that you enjoy listening to his stories that he has to share from his journey. Hey, Logan, thank you so much for joining me for this episode. I'm excited to talk with you because we have an amazing connection through Geeks Rising, and I wanted to say a special thank you for your motivation and encouragement and all the things that I do, but specifically towards this project, because that helped this come to fruition. So welcome and thank you. Well, thank you, Heather, for having me. I'm uh, really excited. I I think you do really amazing things for Geeks Rising, like the network, but also your creative podcast, The Sunshine Summit. So yeah, I, I'm glad that you're doing this now, not just Heather. <laughs> not just Heather. I'm very excited. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> It's hard to pronounce my name differently because you guys say it so nicely and I just, Heather, it's very harsh. But anyway. No, it's it's Heather. Heather. It's yeah. so nice. Okay. Yeah, I, I had a coworker and I would always say Heather. Yeah. Because of you. So yeah, it's, there's only one way to pronounce it and it's with a New Zealand accent. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've really enjoyed being a part of the Geeks Rising Network with you. I was listening to your show, Paper Robots, when it was part of Geeks Rising before you teamed up and became on the subject. And you've done conversations with creators as well. But we've done things together like the Sunshine Summit and Geeks Rising live streams. And I just love that we've got that community of us together where we support each other. And you've been great at doing like sharing prompts and questions and asking us things to kind of think outside the box and help keep the community alive. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I think it's just because I love talking. <laughs> My it's it's all it's all selfish. Now we're, we're we get to learn. Uh, it's all selfish. I no, I I love I love our network because we're like all buddies. I feel like we're all friends, and it's a positive community. And I think the way that Geeks Rising came together of being, we all knew like the Venn diagram of all knowing Bandrew, and then starting. Geeks Rising as almost like a collective. It just like solidified that we were all creative, solid individuals working together. And I like I like creative people and supporting their passions. That's why I do podcasting. I like talking and sharing other people's stories as much as making my own. Absolutely. That resonates with everything that you do. I've watched over the years, like your support of other creative people. You've lived in places where it's full of creative people and you, you're surrounded with them now as well. And I think that's amazing. Is that Has that been intentional, like to always be surrounded by creative people? It, I think it became more intentional after like recognizing that there was definitely a recognition of what uh, going back to like high school and, and deciding who I wanted to be and uh, being in bands before I started podcasting and like before paper robots, I was in school for writing and, and I was in bands and I thought that was going to be what I liked doing, but it came down to, I like the collaborative process of finding a story together mm-hmm. and, and how, our own experiences come from our shared experiences, if that makes sense. Like you're who you are because of the whatever, 50 different things that happen in your life. That's like what makes you so awesome. And you can only tell a story your way. And I think I kind of became more aware of that. And then I decided to continue to be in communities. But I think the comics community and being in bands are already a really collaborative process. Like, cause it's, multiple people making the book or making a music like you're all playing a piece 
Mm-hmm. So then it just became like, I think I naturally already gravitated towards that. And then probably a couple of years ago, I, I like acknowledged it. And now, I'm, yeah, now I, I like being in those type of communities. And I, I was already gravitated that way. It's now like you live and breathe it, which is kind of amazing because surrounding yourself with people that share your passions and are passionate themselves about whatever projects they're working on is really inspiring and motivating, I think. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's, there's nothing like a fake deadline. Like I use that as like a lot of creators, especially in comics. I'm going to use comics uh, a lot. Uh, Whenever the next event is, we'll be like this fake deadline to get a project done, but also just having other people working on stuff. It's like that like summer camp high of like, (laughs) Oh yeah. Like it's a five hour energy of like passion that you get from other people being so extroverted. That's like what fuels me. So I feel like, yeah, like that's just where, what I want to be surrounded by. And that's, like, I love supporting in other people's passions. Like that's amazing. Seeing someone passionate about something, whether I'm into it or not, is I think just as gratifying as if they did the exact same thing as me. Like it's, it's almost more interesting to see someone who's like, this is my jam. And I, you get to see that. And regardless of what it is, it's a passion. And I think as long as you're not hurting people, it's a positive thing. I love that. And being on the recipient end of your encouragement and support and for the things that I do, I just know that it's really nice to know that someone thinks of you because in this day and age, it can feel like you're really alone for some people grinding away at whatever you're doing. But then someone reaches out and sends you like a voice message and goes, hey, Heather, you should do this thing. And it just (laughs) blows you away sometimes and kind of gets you out of your head but also just super nice to know that someone else is thinking of you and know that you can do something and is and cheering you on on the sidelines. Just very, very cool. Yeah. We all want that. I think. Yeah. And it, and I, I try to I'm I mean, in a genuine way, like I, I love being able to support people, especially like Heather, who does this really cool podcast now and has done really cool stuff and. It's a really positive ray of light in the the Geeks Rising podcast network. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to blush. (laughs) With your creative passion for storytelling, and I love the way you describe that, the sharing shared experience, because that's really neat. And I think we get to share our experience being part of Geeks Rising too. But your creative passion for storytelling and comics and and film and podcasting, has it changed since... 2020 because like 2020 was a whole thing and it's still not easy but yeah has anything changed yeah your passion for all of that i think there is it's the same passion it's just how i utilize it i I feel that 2020 was a weird uh we're all isolated alone except for together through the like magic of the internet but (laughs) It was a a weird year. I consumed probably way too many movies, <laughs> like way too many. But it, it was a time to reflect. And I remember I got like hard on myself because I felt like I didn't have those fake deadlines I was talking about that mm-hmm. like can boost a- and not having the ext- my extroverted like energy of getting to go out yeah. was that was a weird thing. But I still love consuming uh, stories like movies and reading it just became harder because I was like, I don't want to read anything new or watch anything new because it's rolling the dice on it not being good or a waste of time, but instead I'll waste my time rewatching something that I know. <laughs> There's that familiarity though, right? And that's kind of comforting yeah. when things are so uncertain. I think 
we, we might cling to something that's a bit more familiar than trying to venture out in something new. Yeah. And I didn't recognize that until like halfway through the year. I was like, oh my okay. gosh, yeah, I'm I'm watching these things for comfort uh, and familiarity. But also in like reconsuming stuff, you get to look at it again mm-hmm. and break it down. And <laughs> like if you watch or read bad things, you could see what not to do yeah. or like why things work and don't work. So that that was really good. I, I liked rewatching movies and you, especially if you've seen it enough times, you start to go like, oh, they're using this camera angle mm-hmm. to, or here comes the score for an emotional effect. And it there's always something to learn. Yeah, that's neat. Do you like have a notebook where you record stuff or do you just keep it in your head of the things that you notice when you rewatch things? I should keep a notebook because I would probably be way more well-spoken. <laughs> for the movie podcast, I'll take notes mm-hmm. of things I know I want to bring up as I try to look at it from the writer storyteller angle. And so if there's something that I'm like, oh, specifically this didn't work for me or this does work, I will, I'll make a note. But a lot of it is just, <laughs> it's just in the old brain. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep track of that much stuff. <laughs> Unless it's like a data fact, then it's on the internet in front of me when I'm recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't don't tell my co co-hosts. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I had a question about that. How do you prepare for on the subject? Because that's very different from another project that you have, which is called Stuck Listening. Yeah. Do you want me to start with on the subject? Yeah, please. Okay. So that's our movie podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a Patreon now. Go to Patreon.com/slash on the subject podcast. Boom. Plug. Yeah. On the subject, since we're looking at films and we usually choose an almost arbitrary theme to then just decide like what movies we're going to cover, I will look up facts about how the movie was made because a lot of that stuff plays into it, especially movies that are more than five years old. There's more information. Mm -hmm. So you start to see like the behind the scenes of they wanted this person or this actor or this person. The screenplay writer came on and wrote over this and you get to see this weird evolution of what happened until it was on the screen and on the screen is obviously like the end result. But leading up to that, there's so many different things that happen. So I always like following that trail, like the story behind the movie to lead to what we got on screen and how different actors interact with each other and sometimes i prefer more practical effects so i look at that and what they use so yeah i do take notes and prepare for those things a lot more than some other projects (laughs) so i should have probably led with this question but what are films for you what do they give you are they an escape are they part of that just um, enjoying someone else's storytelling narrative what are films for you Okay, I feel like I'm young enough in the industry of creating comics and movie, like, you know, consuming stuff that it hasn't been ruined for me where a lot of people, when they say like, once you've seen them, like how the sausage is made, then you peek behind the curtain and it's like ruined. I still, I love seeing how everything's made. And usually upon the first viewing, I can sit there and be lost in the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's really bad if I'm sitting there going like, yeah, this is a movie I'm watching. Like, I... <laughs> I have the I still have the delusion of this is this is a fake world I'm being sucked into for <laughs> two hours or however long it takes me to read something. So there's still it's a little bit of escapism, but also I love seeing 
how someone tells the story. Mm-hmm. That's why I think comic books last. Like Spider-Man's been around for 75 years and somehow it's had 30 plus writers. And sometimes those stories are retold or they have to do a, a reboot. But it's always different because it's whoever is writing it and whatever that artist is doing mm-hmm. is changing it. And it, it does. It's either emotionally different or psychologically, like whatever that those people bring to it, it it almost doesn't matter uh, what it is. And then I so I, I love getting sucked in the first time and then also being able to look at it and go like, look at how they pace this shot and why they are telling this this way so that it becomes scarier or happier or like you could play the scene for laughs or play it for tears. And, but I mean, I still cry at like Pixar. And Uh so, yeah, like it it hasn't been ruined enough for me that I I won't get lost in it, which I I love. That's storytelling is, is it's escapism. And then what I like is how fiction is a metaphor for bigger issues instead of being like, set in in modern times and it's doing with something very relevant i love when you can add space or a dragon to it and you're not directly saying here's the problem Mm -hmm. or you're saying look at here's people that are overcoming this problem and they're not bringing attention to we solved that or we suffer from it's it's just there or them battling a dragon is a metaphor for you know fill in the fill in the blank so i i love that's why i love fiction whether it's Whatever it is, a book, a movie, a, a comic script, a uh, strip. Yeah. I love that. And also, I hope that you never lose. <laughs> Me too. What you get from it too. Because, yeah, you need to hold on to that. <laughs> what I love is that I enjoyed comics when I was younger. Didn't super get into them, but like Asterix was one of the ones that I used to read at the school library because they had it there. And like, I, no one ever bought me comics when I was a kid. But one of the first comics that I bought for myself was actually The War for Caleb, which was Jason Pittman's one that I saw you do a live stream. You helped him with the live stream for another example of your support for another creator. And <laughs> I loved that. I love being able to hang out with you guys and ask questions about it. And I also love the premise behind it because it's mental health, which is right up my yeah. alley. I think it was a Kickstarter, right, or something. And so I pitched in for that. And he posted yeah. it all the way to me here in New Zealand, which is amazing because not everyone posts things here because it's too expensive. But he did. And I love it. And then just recently, I uh, expanded my comic collection a little bit more because we recorded Serenity for on the subject. And that was in your series, movies based on TV shows. And Malcolm was talking about the Greg um, park series on firefly and i managed to find some and so i bought them and i love them but bit weird because i got like book number 14 and 15 or something and it's like entering a conversation midway <laughs> and it's like right. awkward like late to the party but it's been a whole thing that i'm just getting into and i really enjoy reading like novels like lots of text and so there aren't always visual pictures in there and i'm really enjoying the change and and immersing myself in a comic. So I just wanted to share that story. Oh, yay. Good. Yeah. Welcome to the world of comics. Thank you. <laughs> good to be here. <laughs> I'll send you a list of my favorite okay. and see. I think that's also why I like comics so much is there are certain things you can't do in movies even now. Mm-hmm. Or even if you can, it's done differently. It's the way a page lays out is so much different than the way a camera swings around. Mm-hmm. For the same style of shot. And I, I just love that the best I can do as a writer in comics is have you forget that I wrote it. Forgetting that 
there's a writer involved and that it's just a story is is like the best I can do, which is like, who wrote this? It doesn't matter because like the, you're you're involved in the story. Yeah. So that, that that's exciting. Obviously, hopefully people are like, I forgot about how, like the writing because it was just so there. Mm-hmm. But getting to just do a silent, they're like, oh, the director did this like five minute silent scene, but silent writing is still writing. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. I'm so excited that you're joining the world of comics. Thank you. Because here in the States, growing up even much more before my time they were just 25 nickel cent like cheap things in convenience stores like at the petrol station or the (laughs) the gas station and and they were in supermarkets like there was a time when they were in the supermarket not just in comic book stores but just online so they were kind of everywhere so they became this thing in like american like that's why grant morrison who just Last year announced that they are non-binary. They wrote this book called The New Gods and it's superheroes because it's such an American like projecting stories and fables into comics. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's the same thing cultures did with the Greeks, Romans, Egyptians, etc. So I it's a weirdly very American thing that then just became huge. And uh, obviously there was manga for just as long, but two different types of storytelling also. So yeah, it was. It's just this one thing. I think a lot of kids at some point read a comic, even if they hate them now, because it, your parents were like, you know, the same way you'd give a kid a Game Boy. Now it's like, here, read read this in the car. And it's, <laughs> yeah, I saw a tweet about someone who said, "You want your kids to read more? Give them one of the old games so that they can read through the text that plays on the game, so they can move to the next thing." Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I found funny. But yeah, I don't remember comics being that available, and I lived in a very I've moved a lot, but I lived in the city and in the countryside. So I don't know whether I just was excluded from it proximity wise. But I found it quite hard these days because a lot of it is I only have like an online shopping experience to be able to find them. I don't know. I don't actually know where a physical store is that I could go to. Right. I had a really cool experience with one. They're based in the South Island and they literally, I placed the order probably in the evening. They must have packed it up that night and shipped it off and it arrived to me the next day, which is unheard of in New Zealand. Shipping takes a long time. And I sent them an email and I said, hey, I just want to thank you for like exceptional service. And they emailed me back and said, hey, it's so-and-so from this place. Thank you so much for your message. It brightened our day. And I'm just like, oh, squee. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now I have two new goals okay. to get so big in comics yes. that I can bring comic book store to New Zealand. Uh-huh. And then also when I do a Kickstarter, I'll make sure New Zealand, not even Australia, <laughs> New Zealand shipping. Yes. Australia will be even more money. Oh, no. <laughs> you want to make it accessible for people so they can get it. But if you need help with your um, store here in New Zealand, I'll help you out. Okay, there we go. All right. <laughs> you got someone on the ground. We'll start a shop there. Okay. Yes. With the connecting tunnel, the <gasps> underground tunnel that Cody and I are building. Yeah. How's that going? It's it's a process. There's already a lot of construction in, in our city, so <laughs> it, it means we can sneak by. Okay. <laughs> You've had that connection with Cody for a while. You've been friends for a while. So let's see. It's 2021. We met in, I think, 2018 when we moved back from Portland. Oh, yeah. My wife and I, Cynthia, who now works at the gallery and does the marketing and events coordinating for the gallery. Mm-hmm. And gallery. Here in Tucson, Arizona. So we moved back and we heard about this event that was happening. Like this is like the small six degrees of creative stuff. We heard about this event and we knew one of the artists, like she knew the artist better than I did, but we're like, oh, cool. This like this monster themed show is happening and it's this gallery we had never heard of. So let's let's go. 
And that's when I met Cody because he had wrote written a book by the artist we were like there to see. And so we started talking and then we just became fast friends. We ended up working the same job together for a while. But yeah, we were both. He did music. I like he does music. I used to do music. He likes the idea of podcasting. And now we podcast and he was already writing comics. And so was I. And it was just this weird, very uh, serendipitous connection that we had. I'm see. I'm trying to be more well spoken after talking about it earlier. <laughs> we did good job. <clears throat> yes, we we just bonded really. We clicked really well, and now well, last year in quarantine, to keep our sanity, we made a crazy podcast. It's a great podcast. It's called Stuck Listening. Yes, it was literally. I had this idea for a while, and I didn't know how to make it happen. And talking to Cody, and then the quarantine during the pandemic i found how to connect all the tissues of the weird world of how do you make a podcast where you get to do random episodes and it still makes sense yeah you make it as like a lost files type episodic adventure so that's that's what stuck listening is it's a, a character stuck in a abandoned not too distant future in a radio station and these digging all these old tapes and each tape is just as creators it's our chance just to do whatever kind of satire podcast we want to or radio show we want to do i love it i don't listen to the normal radio these days which is probably terrible <laughs> but when tuning into your one he's discovering the leftover tapes and putting them on to play them and i love that it gives you that creative freedom because that is something that i have struggled with boxing myself into something thinking that that's the only way i can do something and that that stopped me from making that thing for a long time. Yeah, I I love finding creative solutions to things I want to do. Whether it's like an idea I have in my head, like how would I execute this? Like a lot of my stories are I asked a question or I came up with a weird character or scenario. And then I'm building out from that. And so with the podcast, it was how do I do a random podcast every time? And <laughs> And also for writing, since we're both writers, and extroverted podcast hosts, Cody and I, it's like having a writing journal where we're giving each other writing prompts, like what if, and then we just kind of improv. So except for our last episode, which is my favorite, but it was not written by us. It was written by Zach Boss Ross Jackson of On The Subject. So he gets all the credit for my favorite episode of our season. <laughs> he is looking forward to, I think, participating again in the future. And I enjoyed that one too. And I enjoyed being a part of it because I'd never done that before where I just read out what you'd written. And I'm, I apologize because I probably should have asked for more directive or direction points <laughs> to help you. But you played off of it so well No, you <laughs> in the final recording. Yeah, you did really well because we knew we wanted the best audio quality. So we're like, it, it won't sound right if we try to just stream it. So we knew you were going to have to record alone. So I tried to give you as much direction. I think if we did it again, I would have, seeing what it was, I could have given you more. So no, you, you asked enough questions. We didn't, we didn't do enough for you, Heather. Aww. Okay, don't worry. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> But it was a fun experience to be a part of. Yeah, it was. I'm, I'm glad. And I love how it sounded because I was hearing it fresh for the first time, basically, when it aired, <laughs> which is cool. Yeah, I was, uh, my fingers were crossed you were going to enjoy it and, and not, <laughs> it's like, hey, and Heather blocked me on Twitter. I wonder if she must have listened to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would never happen. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you'll have to come back as a new character. Also from New Zealand, because we love your accent. So I don't know if I would want to make you do another accent. Okay. <laughs> Probably good. <laughs> I'm not very good at it. So is that something that you're working on now? Or is it, where is that at? So 
Cody and I are working on a an adaptation of my first comic because Cody wanted to try to make a kind of audiobook radio drama. But he was so he decided to use one of my first comics. So like I have this old story and we're adapting that. So it's going to be I think we're going to do it as a special episode. So you got an exclusive. We're going to record a, a special episode and then currently working on the second season. We're, we're trying to flush out the ideas more for the second season. And yeah, that way we can have more characters. <laughs> so it's not Cody and I trying to make <laughs> seven voices. I think you did well with that. I mean, it's not easy, but. I still got lost in the episodes. I think the whole concept is really fun. Do you think it's going to be a little bit harder to work on that now that we're not necessarily in lockdown like last year? Yes. Like things, life is busy. The short answer is yes. I honestly think a lot of that, that was something that was fueled by pandemic. The same way, you know, when you're sad, you'll write a certain type of story. And then Mm -hmm. if you don't get that whole idea out, it kind of, the tether gets removed and it's harder. Honestly, after the first season, even though we were still stuck, stuck listening. No, even though we were still <laughs> stuck in the pandemic, it was a different vibe. So we've we've kind of been slowing down on trying to get just the energy and how much fun we had making it as like an escape. We want to make sure we bring the same type of energy, even if it's from a different source. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to just make sure it's all things we want to record and not just come up with six more episodes for the sake of a second season. So we're trying to, which I, I understand is not great for the social media SEO, getting famous on the internet thing. But for a storyteller, that's what I care about. Good. And I hope that you stick with that because down with SEO. No, I mean, like I think it, the most important yeah, thing yeah. is to have that passion behind it because that is the essence of the thing that you make. And I know that when I was got into the routine, of just pushing an episode out to make it a weekly thing. I lost it and they're not my favorite episodes and I did it. I achieved that weekly release schedule that seems to be the the in thing, the must do, yeah, whatever. But they are not my favorite and the ones that I took more time to do are definitely more my favorite because I got to achieve what I wanted, what I was setting out to achieve. Okay, that being said, I have a question because I, I have my own answer, but okay. there is also, I think, something to... I will say there's something to having to make something like, oh, I need to make this episode next week. But but mm-hmm. like it's a fine line between it feeling forced or forcing yourself. Like I it's a it's a thin line, but it's there is something to I I got this done and maybe it was like accidentally a really good episode and all of a sudden you're like, I'm so glad I pushed through it. But because I've I felt that way with certain things, mm-hmm. but also I think mental health is super important and the like goal can be arbitrary. So it it quickly is like, it's good to push yourself or feel uncomfortable, but not, not so far that it feels forced in the same way when you see a bad actor and it's like, Oh, they're phoning it in. You know, I guess that's the difference. Like phoning it in to have something come out versus forcing yourself to make that deadline and make it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Absolutely. Cause there's, there's times, I mean, that's why, my my interview podcast went on hiatus for till question marks because what was happening was it's really hard to schedule as you know mm-hmm. uh, with different uh, different people. But I had this weekly podcast, so it was this person canceled or and not even their fault. Like I don't want to put blame on anyone. Um, my schedule, their schedule didn't line up, so I had to find someone who would. And then not that I don't, I could talk to anyone, but then it's I didn't have enough time to feel comfortable or yeah, it just it felt that's the times when it felt a little phoned in. And I was like, I need to put a pause on this because 
I was working on a lot of books at the time. Yeah. Like in, when you self-publish and you're working independently, it's <laughs> it's literally your free time because you have a day job and mm-hmm. a wife and a bunny and mm-hmm. <laughs> and you want to have normal experiences as well as your creative stuff. So I felt like I already had my movie podcast, my writing, my day job, my family and friends and like my wife. And the interviews kept getting harder and harder to schedule yeah. because different time zones, different schedules. So I was like, I need to put that on breaks because that's that's not good for anyone if I'm if I'm just forcing it. Or also cutting into my own time just to have X big name person on the show so that I can maybe get famous or or whatever. Like it, that wasn't worth it to to me to be so pulled so thin. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a line between having deadlines and pushing through and life coming before content because at the end of the day, life is what will be there long after you stop making stuff. Yeah. That's like what 2020 taught us, right? And we need to nourish ourselves and our relationships and all those things and have time to share that space with other people if you're interviewing them, for example, to be prepared because I don't, I can't wing it personally (laughs) but i could like you say talk to anybody but i like to be prepared and have notes so that i've got kind of a structure and know where i'm going because otherwise i yeah like you don't have to know their middle name but maybe yeah (laughs) maybe what the what they do (laughs) it's good to to work that out and it's going to be different for every person and your thresholds and all of that are going to be uh, individual yeah i'm glad that you are working on stuck listening because i'm excited to listen to that when it comes out again. yeah i'm very excited i think also that's the thing that comes with age and by age i mean not getting older but getting older in whatever you do mm-hmm. like the experience your age in that thing because if you just started making pottery no matter how old you are you're new and young in that mm-hmm. and so you start to like when i first started podcasting i was i was doing trying to record like every day of the week i could and i, I mean i was single at the time and but i also just felt like Oh, I just need to do it. And I was burning the wick at both ends. And I, I loved I loved it. I wouldn't change it. But it also taught me what I care about and where, what I want to put my care into. And I hope that shows mm-hmm. the same way you need to start. Like So in the beginning, you're, you're finding out what your stuff is, like who you are in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Then you're refining it and being like, how can I be better? The old metaphor I used to use is like, you don't go to the gym trying to lift 500 pounds. Like you have to start somewhere. You learn how to to do more or or do things differently, depending on the results you want. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. And the other thing I was going to say was that it's awesome for like on the subject where you have three of you host being a part of it so that if your schedules don't align, there isn't the whole thing doesn't fall over because with conversations with creators, you were the main person interviewing somebody. So if you can't do it or the guest can't do it, then that's it. There is no recording. But whereas if you aren't able to make it on the subject recording, there's Malcolm and Zach. Or, or Heather. Or you and Malcolm. Or, or, he- or Heather. <laughs> or Heather. Or stand in Heather. Stand in Heather. That sounds like you're a cardboard cutout we just put in the room. Stand in Heather. Speaking of cardboard cutouts, I love what Cody did with his cardboard oh, cutouts. Yeah, his music video is really good. Yeah, call my name. Yeah, like Cody J. Hey, he's <laughs> he'll be on his own episode. You don't. Ha- I know. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna brag about this if he's if, if we talk about him anymore. <laughs> okay. Well, I said to Zach when I talked to him that because not only when you three are together, you have an amazing rapport with each other and you bounce off each other and things, but then it can hold itself with the others if you're not able to make it and also i've loved the times when one of you can't make it but you'll bring that person into the episode by mentioning them (laughs) in an interesting way like it's 
you are you have fun with it, and I just love listening. I love jokes. I love being sarcastic. So if there's ever a reason to, <laughs> and I mean from stuck listening, but also on the subject, I love bits. I like I like bits. I like coming up with bits, little, little jokes <laughs> every every time I can. Yeah, I feel like man, anyone who listened on the subject last year got to see me very confused for a long long year. <laughs> I'm coming out of it. So, <laughs> on that note, how are you doing post 2020 and what has helped you get through? We kind of talked about it with having stuck listening and working on that, but other than that, what's helped you get through and how are you doing? So, okay, I'm going to shout out my wife because she's the best. Cynthia Noggle at 10 Times a Tiger on the internet. Getting to have a partner, I think, through it really helped because then you she's like she's my best friend so getting to have that helped but i don't know if it just went on long enough that's like okay you, you start to adjust to the pandemic but the like overall anxiety started to die and i felt i felt like figuring out how to communicate with like coming up with the questions and feeling like the bond like that we don't have by regular voice chats or regular like in-person hangouts it was like trying to f- find creative ways to to talk to everyone and mm-hmm. that really helped and then i think it just like deciding i have things i want to finish and and do has really helped a- anytime i get a, a new project going or talk to people about their projects it always it always helps and i started to do that more where i felt like the beginning of last year we were all figuring out who and what was going on mm-hmm. and i didn't jump to tiktok so i had to just keep figuring it out <laughs> <laughs> i still haven't gone to tiktok is that yeah i think that's okay <laughs> I, I have one i don't make stuff <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> just on that note i've kind of done a bit of a declutter and i i got a bit stressed out about though the internet connections are amazing and I rely on them a lot because being here in New Zealand and a lot of the friends that I've made through this creative journey have been overseas in the States and other places like I rely on internet technology to keep us in in contact but I also got overwhelmed by everything happening like yeah I just needed to scale it back a little bit and so I am not on social media as much anymore and but I needed to do that just so I could cope a little bit better yeah i think being on the internet too much like it's it's fun when you use it and have it but to for to be the only thing you have it's like where i live we have to it's a really spread out city so a lot of people have to have their own car Mm -hmm. and that feeling you get when your car breaks down and so you have to ask someone else to like borrow theirs or you rely on someone else i felt like that's what happened like oh i i use the internet a lot and i love it became i have to use the internet for everything and now it's like now that i don't have any other option it it becomes like oh this is all i have (laughs) so i think that's it was a huge thing yeah the lesson that i learned was that to choose what i consume because there is so much out there to consume and i talked to zach about how how did he feel about you know how things are more bingeable because they release them all in one go like tv series you can just watch the whole lot online in one go instead of waiting weekly for them to come out and how did he feel about that i'm not sure how you feel about it but i like the fact that i can binge things i forget when they get released weekly because i'm not in that <laughs> mind frame of oh i have to wait for friday for something to come out anymore but also i just chose I had to, for me anyway, make a choice on what I consume because I felt like everything, there was too much coming in. There's so much to consume and I was just, yeah. Yeah, I think. Overwhelmed by it. Having limits on stuff helps. There's no nostalgia because next week is some other new thing. Yeah. It's a weird like 
it's mm-hmm. good and then it gets overused <laughs> last star wars movie <clears throat> and then uh but it's it, it's a good tool and a dangerous weapon it but when you don't have nostalgia like you can't build out anything so that's what i think why I stuck listening and how i'm trying to approach even my writing is I want to make stuff that I I want to read. Yeah. Like stuff that is emotionally or metaphorically referenced to whatever I'm going through based on the the time. Like Stuck Listening is was created because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. but it doesn't rely on solely <laughs> there being a pandemic like a random Saturday night live episode is very political or whatever. Yeah. And when you you we make all these contents like every week is a new season of a show and it if you didn't watch it last week, you missed the hype on Twitter and then your the FOMO happens. But there isn't even time for it to happen now because it's just like you have to find what your Venn diagram is with five other people. And then you're like, oh, I watched these three and then they watched these other three. But this one and yeah, being more selective because, you know, when before everything was just binging and streaming, there was there was a you had to wait till next year and like next week for the episode and the season finale and then you weren't going to get uh, the show again for another year and and with movies it was like oh there's not going to be another star wars for three years and so it, it almost like lets you <laughs> think about it it's the same way when you're like reading a book you you start to fill in the blanks because you're waiting for like you're not giving yeah. given everything yeah yeah so I feel like sometimes the binge thing is a little toxic unless you set your own boundaries absolutely and with collecting comics this year, it's so nice to have physical media, like physical books too. I love that they come in the packages with the, you know, the clear yeah. cellophane stuff and the board in it and you pull them out. And I'm like really delicately opening <laughs> them because I don't want to wreck them at all. And I just... They're all a present. It's yeah. so exciting. And I've loved that, like having physical books to read and we talked about that somewhere that it's annoying when they don't come in the same size and you like you have books that are different heights however yeah when you collect something and then it doesn't come in the same format for the next chapter (laughs) you're like what have you done why have you done this to me (laughs) oh i I will say the one good thing about all the binging and, and streaming stuff is for creators we're getting shows sometimes shows we shouldn't have got like someone should have said no yeah. but for the most part it's stuff that like hollywood wouldn't have given a a budget because now movies and theaters have to either be made super cheap like 10 million dollars or there has to be big enough to be given 300 million dollars so we kind of lost that middle ground of movies and i feel like streaming helped that and also like independent people are able to pitch their thing to hulu because warner brothers is never going to pick it up right yeah so optimistically we've gotten stuff that we probably would have never gotten for better or worse. And I think that's, I think that's a good thing. I think uh, that having access to things and like the same way I can throw my comic book up and hopefully find fans on the internet because everyone likes something. It's just a bad thing when it becomes a vacuum and then it's like all you do. Yeah. But I, I, I appreciate that. I wanted to leave on an optimistic note about, about binging. Okay, cool. No, I appreciate that. And I love, your optimism always and that you that's a really good point it opens up opportunities and i hadn't thought of it at that point so yeah thank you yeah that, that being said some stuff shouldn't get made <laughs> okay yeah there is there is a disclaimer yeah that one. <laughs> a, little, a little asterisk uh i was just gonna ask like what's something that helped get you through 2020 
though I said that I was peering back my digital connections, I'd have to say it was probably my digital connections. Yeah. But those were the ones with people that I know were who I'd DM or message or like our Geeks Rising group or something, just having a small quiet space to be able to share something or when we played, was it Jackbox yeah. games or something together? And I did that with my sister too, which was really neat. But that's different because it's not just infinitely scrolling through your timeline. True. Yeah. Yes, that's right. It's not the same. That and probably just re-enjoying the things that I have already. Like I rediscovered my vinyl collection and then play those and read lots of books. I have, I love collecting books when they're in clearance sales or whatnot. So I get these books and I sit there until I have time to read them. And I tried to make time for that. And even though now I'm super busy, I didn't really stop being that busy, but I'm just making time for those things. And that's really helped. Yeah. Give me a bit of a space and a bit of escapism in the stories. And yeah, like you said, sharing the experiences with the characters, because even though they're on paper or whatever, it still adds to your imagination and things that you can draw on. I think anything you consume is... There's a connection and it doesn't matter what it is or based on real life or not. Like, I think there's, it's made from a real person. And that so, <laughs> and when things I feel like you don't like are because it doesn't resonate with you and that's fine. And sometimes you just need a popcorn movie or a popcorn comic or whatever. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. What are you watching or reading or listening to at the moment? Let's see. Time to go to my notes. I keep <laughs> I write down all the movies I watch every year and nice and and books and stuff I read. So I still haven't read a lot this year. I listen to the Empire podcast for movies, which I really like, and then I listen to Bandrew says of course. Mm-hmm. But I, I also listen to this stand-up comedian. Oh yeah. Who interviews actors and comedians and he, uh, it's called working it out and it's like in co- stand-up comedy when you're working on materials you're working it out so you'll bounce you'll tell a joke to your other comedian friend and they'll be like ah punch this up like change that like it won't deliver the same but uh, he'll ask questions to them that like even about, about their lives or about why they're using this joke and it's really interesting i think the guy mike berbiglia asks really good questions and I love seeing the gears turn of wh- why people make what they make or how they how they make it. I love that. That sounds so interesting. Yeah. I, so that's a really good one. Let's see. Movies. Uh, Lord of the Rings is always in the rotation for movies. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, we watched. I watched Zack Snyder thing, but that'll be on the on the subject. So yeah, stay tuned for that one. And I rewatched Moana, which is a great Pixar movie. <laughs> I just rewatched that. Okay, fun. Can I give you a fun fact that I don't know if you know? Please, I hope so. Maybe you might know it. Well, you know Alan Tudyk, who I think I know this, but yes, we know and love is like Wash from Serenity Firefly, and he was in Moana, right? Yeah, he's the chicken. Yeah. He's like burker, burker, burker. But did you know that he's not just the chicken? No. Yeah, he's the old guy who wants to eat the chicken, which is kind of weird, and he's also the guy getting a tattoo that's like ow 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 wait do you know why no so there's even more to it because i just listened to a podcast about moana oh mm-hmm. so when they were first writing the script for moana because it like it's the disney like princess thing they all have an animal companion mm-hmm. or a sidekick like whether it's a snowman or whatever and he was gonna voice the chicken as a voice role like the chicken was gonna talk oh. But he was going to be kind of like, what's his name? The Rock. Like, it was like the same kind of character, kind of like begrudgingly there. Mm-hmm. Like, as, as a chicken who's like this super dumb chicken that thinks that he knows what's best. But they felt like, like, was already taking that role. Mm-hmm. And they just didn't know what to do with this chicken character. So they kept trying to rewrite it. Like, well, what if he's this? What if he's that? And then 
like, fine, what if he's just a really dumb chicken? But they'd already cast Alan Tudyk because he had a script at first. So they'd already cast him. And then they're like, okay, you don't have any speaking lines as this chicken now. (laughs) (laughs) He did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. Alan Tudyk's great. That's something I was going to bring up. Uh, That's why he was like my favorite character on Firefly. I think he has such a weird, super strong voice acting career. I I love Alan Tudyk's stuff. He is very creative. He managed to pull off the different kind of expressions that a chicken has that a dumb chicken has yeah. uh, in that movie and doing it without having words. That's really interesting. I didn't know that side of it. I think Zach described him as a prolific actor and prolific in in the industry. And it's just amazing getting to hear all the things that he does. It's a perfect word because he he had his own show, Con Man, which is like mm-hmm. loosely based off of himself. If he didn't make anything after Firefly, like he was on this show that got canceled <laughs> yeah. and it's him going around conventions is kind of like washed up. And that was on some random probably streaming service that's dead now but he did that and then yeah he was just he was in star wars as a robot and he was a robot on the tick tv show for amazon he's like just done all these like random things and and small roles and tv roles and and movies and they're always different and yeah he's really good he's been in star wars universe the disney universe the marvel universe and then he was in that canceled like tv show from dc there's this tv show where it was like the wayne industries and it's supposed to be a comedic show where they try out new gadgets, but criminals come by and stuff. <laughs> and then Firefly. So he's like done sci-fi. Like he's done all the mm-hmm. all the geeky checkboxes. And a knight's tale. And a knight's tale. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I am here for all of the things, Alan Tudyk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is where it just becomes an Alan Tudyk podcast. Pretty much. <laughs> Thank you for being here and sharing your journeys and this time with me and I really enjoyed talking with you talking about creativity and all the things that you do and that you're passionate about storytelling and the way things work and your podcast recommendation or what you're listening to has been really was interesting and a good example of that where can everybody find all of the things that you do Logan so that they can check out what you do you can find me on the internet at that Logan can go to that Logan.com and it should be a link to like all my projects but yes at that logan on the internet cool and you mentioned that on the subject has a patreon so if people want to go ahead and support over there they can and you can find on the subject on twitter which is on the subject one i believe yes and on the subject on instagram yeah and at stuck listening season two coming this fall or this summer we don't know yet but yeah it's stay tuned there's a patreon for that but I would wait till season two drops because that's when we give extra content out is for the season. Ooh, exciting. And you can find um, Stuck Listening at pod underscore stuck on Twitter and at Stuck Listening Pod on Instagram too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You got all my stuff. I feel so famous now. And then a comic book uh, store coming to New Zealand soon. Yes. Headlined <laughs> by me. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Heather. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Logan, for sharing your time with me to have this conversation. And thank you, listener, for listening and sharing your feedback. We would love to hear from you. If you have a connection with Logan or you find one after listening, please share them with us. And if there's someone you know who might benefit from discovering more about Logan, we would love you to share it with them too. For all of the details of this episode, you can find them at justheathers.com forward slash guests. Until next time.